I'm Raimi. I like anime a lot. I'm John, and I make other cartoons. I'm Rick, and I'm starting to like anime more than a little. And this is Say the X, Hunter x Hunter, episode by episode, with fresh eyes. This podcast contains spoilers, but please watch along with us. This week, we're watching episode four, Hope and Ambition. A long run tests the abilities of Gon, Kurapika, and Leorio. Gon meets Kiloa, who is also 12, and they hit it off instantly. Meanwhile, with the help of the triplets, Imori, Amori, and Umori, Tompa breaks the rookie Nicholas. Leorio has a similar breakdown, but muscles through it, sprinting ahead with renewed vigor. The tunnel ends, and the examiner, Satotes, leads the applicants up an endless staircase. Leorio and Karapika have a moment of friendship. Karapika reveals the grisly fate of his clan, their eyes stolen for their brilliant red color by the phantom troop. Leorio reveals he wants to make money to save lives as a doctor, which he can only do with wealth. Gon and Kalua decide to race up the stairs to see who gets to the top first. They tie. At the top of the stairs, the applicants get a rest, but they are not done with the, this phase of the exam. They look out over the Millsy Wetlands, also known as Swindler's Swamp. Satotes warns the group that the swamp is full of devious, dangerous creatures, and everyone should be careful or risk death. Before Satotes can lead them into the swamp, a man appears, carrying an ape-like body with Satotes' face. The man claims Satotes is a false examiner, a man-faced ape, who is trying to lure them to their deaths. Hisoka attacks both Satotes and his accuser with thrown playing cards. Satotes easily avoids the attack. The other man dies. Hisoka reveals that all the examiners are hunters who would repel the attack easily. Satotes warns Hisoka not to attack him again. The examiner leads them into the terrible unknown of Swindler's Swamp. Here we are, Hoax and Ambitions, Episode 4. Boy, these guys run for a long time. Yeah, so I actually... (laughs) The, the, the first part of my notes here are actually specifically trying to figure out how fast these people are running because um, they seem to be running for a really long time. Um, but it mm-hmm. turns out that they're only running at about a nine mile an hour pace. Uh, and that's like three miles an hour slower than like world record marathon pace. Um, yeah, but, but, but I don't think anyone runs 100 kilometers that quickly. No, well, no, they they ran 30 kilometers in two hours. Yeah, but then they continued running. I don't think they ever give us the final number. There was uh, there were mentions of about like 80 kilometers was the last number that we ever got. And I think that was in like one of the inner monologues from uh, Karupika. Yeah. Um, but still, that's an insane length to, you know, and, and Satoit speeds up. When they start going up the stairs, yeah, the 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 swinging of the arms and the 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 swinging of the legs, it is the least efficient way to climb stairs. What he's doing, uh, I think maybe in like the physics of the real world, it's probably super duper inefficient. But but the feeling that you get from it visually is that it's this kind of perfected technique that he has where. He's doing this ridiculous movement that is somehow like just right. incredibly efficient. It is a weird uh if you were to 
turn that in as an and as a like beginning animation assignment, like your first walk cycle or your first run cycle. Say what a walk cycle is. In animation, a walk cycle is essentially a repeated loop um, of a character walking. So if you're watching something uh, contemporary stuff like Family Guy or the modern Simpsons episodes or older stuff like a Scooby-Doo or uh, Johnny Quest or something like that, you'll notice that whenever characters enter or exit a scene, um, they always kind of walk with the same motion. Um, or, you know, how the Scooby and the gang, whenever they're running from a ghost, it's always the same animation of the run. Uh, that's a cycle. It's a reusable bit of animation. And there's a lot of cycles in this episode because they're running the whole episode. Satota's cycle, um, whether he's doing it kind of fast or doing it slow, um, it visually it's weightless. Um, there's very little up and down and the up and down that is there is incredibly smooth. And it's, it's almost like a Jack Skellington kind of a, a movement, um, except he folds and unfolds and he's kind of spindly and spider-like. And this guy is clockwork. Um, so if you were to submit that, you know, like, look, I did a walk cycle. Here's my first one. Um, like, that's an F. Like, there's, there's no weight to it, but they handle it well enough. And the context works so well, it makes him feel supernatural in, in his movements. That's really cool. I, and, and I agree that, that he, he feels magical. He feels different than the other characters like even hisoka has a more normal gait yeah like none of them like almost all of them do pretty standard um even though like a lot of them are like on threes or on fours or limited movements um because it's anime and they're they're conserving their their frames but nobody in there is doing an exceptionally wacky or strange walk or run even leorio when he goes super fast or, or when he's you know running towards the end and he's really swinging his arms and uh doing the kind of goofy run that he does in the opening credits um even that feels like oh that's just a, a decent that's a good run you know like that's that's well animated but the way satat's moves in without the context of the show it's like that's weird those are all the wrong choices yeah it, it's funny that you would call leorio's run goofy because uh he actually owns it um, in this episode. Uh, he really a, does. As long like, as I don't like, care. I don't care if I look stupid. All that matters is I finish. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is this has nothing to do with the episode itself. It, it's more of a technical question. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just show my ignorance. What the hell do you mean when you say on threes or on fours? Oh, okay. Um. So most uh, television animation and most feature film animation that's 2D, like hand-drawn stuff or even 2D on the computer type stuff, uh, runs at 24 frames per second, um, which is a little bit slower than old-fashioned film, uh, which is like 29, 9, 7, 30 frames a second. Right. Uh, when you animate something on ones, that means for every frame, so within that second, there's 24 frames. You're doing a new drawing for every frame. Okay. So that's on ones. One new drawing for every frame, 24 frames per second. Uh, when you're animating on twos, which is what most people do most of the time in cartoons, in your Western animation, your Disney feature films, etc., 
um, a lot of that stuff is on too. So they always mix in, in some ones and there are some scenes that are completely on ones, but most of the time uh, it's on twos. And that means instead of doing 24 drawings a second, you're only doing 12. Okay. And you can do half as many drawings. And if they're well drawn and well planned and uh, all your other kind of principles of animation are handled correctly, you, it, it, it's just as convincing to the eye and it look, can look just as good as ones. And Western animators, they like to argue and get nerdy and talk about whether ones are better or twos are better and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I won't get into that because this isn't an animation an analysis vlog. Um, right. But, uh, but uh, anime, a lot of the times, they will animate things on threes, on fours, sometimes on sixes or eights even. And that means they're doing substantially fewer drawings per second. Right. Okay. Um, and again, so long as nothing else in the shot is animated at a higher frame rate generally, um, and so long as it's planned well enough, uh, it's still convincing to the audiences and you don't really care all that much. Um, there are a couple shots in this episode that were jarring to me in terms of the animation quality. Plot-wise, it's just after uh, the triplets have uh, picked on um, Nicholas the nerd and made him drop out of the running. That was so uh, cruel. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, we'll get it, back to we'll, we'll come. Yeah, back to we'll that. circle back around. I just want to like if, if people want to go dude. look at it. Um, he's dropped out, and uh, Tampa is talking to them. And he's kind of handed them the money. And there's a shot where we're looking at their backs. And they're continuing to just kind of talk. And they're... The movements that they're doing in their run um, are so limited. And it's a cycle. It's just their little arms are kind of going up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, and it's just... It's, it's not enough drawings. <laughs> but the drawings that are there aren't different enough that it just kind of feels less like they're running and more like they're just kind of doing like a little shimmy dance with their shoulders. <laughs> um, okay. And it's weird because they cut to like shots where it's like like uh, medium close right on a character's face. And there's not a lot of animation in that shot. Their shoulders are just kind of moving a little bit to indicate that they're swinging their arms. But because you don't see the rest of their bodies just that little bit of movement goes a long way and your brain fills in like oh they're still running so so even among these sort of simple uh uh cycles the this one stood out as bad that one stood out as as like oh i would have put you know three more drawings in that and it would have it would have not been noticeable i guess is really what i'm saying um and again i you get people who talk about uh, animation um, and they'll talk about how, you know, like, oh, anime, the designs are so complex and having to animate these very complex character designs is so challenging. And then you'll have people on the Western side who'll be like, you know, they're complex, but they don't move them. Um, and we have to move everything and all of our shots, yada, yada, yada. And I don't really buy into that kind of an argument. Um, for me personally, it's good animation uh, if it's convincing to the audience. So doing things simply is not the problem. It's just sometimes there's just not enough frames in that cycle. 
So I'm not watch. I don't know. I'm not watching this uh, as much as I'm like studying it. Um, so I'm doing a lot of like reading of the subs and stuff so that I can keep up with the storyline and I can, you know, track the character names. I love the fact that there's no new characters in this episode. So there's like n- nothing to try to draw out and no, no maps to try to make. Um, but um, you guys were talking about, you know, the, the, the Leorio and Karupika scene. And I think that um, I, I guess the animation was really cool, but what actually happened in that scene um i like my opinions of both of them changed um, i'm interested to hear this cuz you've in the last episode you weren't quite as hard but those first two episodes you were like man leario what a scumbag yeah um so still a scumbag but not quite the scumbag um and like not the scumbag you you thought he was no, not at all. And and so this is uh and I kind of brought this up last episode too where uh you know Karupika and Leorio are really fighting over, you know, what type of hunter they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um and uh we we use this term uh in in a lot of our teams uh where we say we're in violent agreement. Uh and it turns out that Karupika and Leorio are both in violent agreement. Uh, on the type of hunters they want to be, and they both actually want to be the same type of hunter for um, very different reasons, but like their end goal is the same. Uh, and I thought that this scene uh, kind of drew, drew that out. Like, you know, Leorio becomes a doctor because his friend dies, uh, and there was a life-saving surgery that that you know would have made a difference that his friend's family couldn't afford, so he becomes a doctor to um, to do that. There's a lot of other questions that come up. Uh, with how the how he actually becomes a doctor, because uh, the age reveal kind of threw me off. Did he become a doctor? No, he 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 wanted to, but I don't think he became a full fledged doctor because he couldn't afford it. Like he still wants to finish medical school, right? But he's also the same age as everybody else. Yeah, which is a great reveal. Holy cow, <laughs> that's such a good gag. With, right. with very good visual gags on their reactions to it as well. Yeah. Very, very anime trope, but yeah. I love, I love those anime reactions. Can't you tell I'm a teenager just like you? Um, yeah. So Leorio is somewhere between 12 and 19, uh, and already studying to be a doctor. And I mean, like you almost fall in love with him, um, because his backstory is his friend died the, the animation that they played of his friend dying is basically his friend dying in his arms. Yeah. Um, which is heartbreaking. And then the whole reason that he wants to become a hunter, it, it is all about the money. Um, but he, 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 he has a line where he says, you know, you can use money to buy uh, this, that, the other. And, and the last line is, um, is lives, right? It's like, mm-hmm. wow, lives. Wait a minute. Is he actually talking about like buying and selling people? Uh, and then he clarifies that it's like, no, he's actually talking about like saving lives. And he wants to be a doctor so that he can provide this life-saving surgery for free so that other families don't have to go through what his friend's family went through and, and kids don't have to die with this apparently very curable condition um, that just requires a surgery. Um, so, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I, I, I don't think he's trash anymore because even though he's completely motivated by money, his his need slash want of money is because he wants to use it to do good. 
Um, right. It's altruistic. Yeah, but he still wants the fame, you know? <laughs> so not completely altruistic. In general, his want of money is not totally his own enrichment. There, There is a large altruistic element to it. And uh, you, you get the feeling that that the reason he wants to be a hunter is because it's the fastest way to get to where he wants to go. Well, yeah, and once you learn that he's a teenager, the the the. Well, yeah, and once you learn that he's a teenager, the the the. The way he brags about things, and the way he's always wrong about everything, uh, and the way he focuses on like the fame and and you know the over 50 of the top 100 richest people are hunters um like even if he does want to be a doctor and do this very kind of altruistic thing uh he's still a teenager right so of course all the benefits um that come with that whether he wants to do good with it or not all the benefits are still super appealing. Oh yeah. Um, and and I mean when in episode 1 he talks about good booze, like like that's one of the things he's excited about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and in episode 3 when they're in the uh the restaurant and they're arguing and they're going to try and get gone to you know pick which kind of hunter he wants to be um he talks about like uh all the nations of the of the world like they they always like cut you some slack and let things go and, and you can use their resources for free public resources for free yeah yeah and he just he he uses the phrase what you know like who could say no to such great benefits and i'm like that is a millennial <laughs> uh like that is that is where it's at who could say no to such great benefits <laughs> um yeah no i uh I I saw him. I I had a feeling he was going to be the the Han Solo of the group and the 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 rogue with a heart of gold kind of thing. Um, so that that reveal wasn't a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. The left-handed compliment that led up to it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, you you have a nasty attitude, uh, and you're not very bright. Uh, but you aren't shallow. Yeah. It's like, wow. Um, you know, it's like, so, so we learned that he's not as greedy as we think he is, uh, that his greed is actually driven pretty decently. Um, but that whole, that, that compliment, you know, you're, you're not shallow. I mean, if that's honestly the best thing we can say about him is you're not greedy and you're not shallow. Um, so far, I, I'm still having a hard time. Yeah, he's still very hard to love. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's got all of his flaws. It's just now he de- he's not made of them. And I think I think it's interesting because after Karapika says that, he decides to tell Leario more about his background. Like he knows that the only way he's going to get Leario to talk about it is by giving Leorio something in return. Right. And let's talk about that because oh, holy wow. crap, that is, you thought, you thought his story was dark before. Yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
what do they do with the eyes? They collect them. Yeah, but what do you, what do you, can you do with eyes? They're beautiful. I mean, uh, are they are they like dipping them in? Are are, are they dipping them in 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 lucite and wearing them around their necks? Uh, yeah, because my thing is like, it's such a wacky, uh, feudalistic Middle Ages, but also obviously not and totally with cities and modern technology kind of universe. And I'm like, what are people like? transplanting these eyes into their heads is it a cybernetics kind of thing is it wow i didn't think of that is it a witchcraft thing because there's all these supernatural elements as well so like are the eyes you know like do they grind them up and they're supposed to be used in potions to cure ailments or to give you you know inhuman abilities like so that part i think isn't was going to happen only because Karupika says that he wants to uh, that he wants to get the eyes back. So I'm assuming that they're not being ground up. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, like. But that image of of looking at my clansman's darkened eyes, like yeah. it's clear that he's talking about the holes left in their head. Yeah. Well, but then, but there's also uh, so there's the image of the of the the holes in the head, but there's also. Uh, he made the comment about um, like hearing the eyes scream. Yeah. Right. So so. Well, I mean, his... I mean, he says, "I hear, I hear my, uh, you know, I look into my clan's darkened eyes and I hear them scream for revenge or something like that." The phrasing does sound like the eyes are screaming, though. Uh, definitely in the in the sub that on Crunchyroll, so. Yeah, so like I took the phrasing to mean like the eyes themselves are actually screaming. Um I think it's metaphorical. But the fact that they that they turn scarlet and they stay scarlet and there's a black market for them, um, I mean, there's gotta be something very special about these eyes. Uh and, and if Karupika's gonna be able to get them back, there's gotta be something that makes them worth keeping and not grinding up and, and putting in a salve or a poultice. Um Yeah, I, I don't know though that Again, I took him getting them back to be more of a symbolic thing than physically thing. Like I don't, no, again, I, no, I don't no. know what the, what happens in this world, but I I can't imagine he's going to get them back and pop them in his friends' heads again. Well, his friends are dead. Yeah, his friends I mean, are gone well, and buried. Yeah, I don't think he's popping him in anyone's head. But he, I, like the way I took it, and, and this is the thing that's really interesting. And when you realize, uh, like I said, that that Leorio and Karipika are in you know violent agreement. Uh, they're both in it for the money. Uh, and Karupika even says that he wants to become a, 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 a hunter for hires so that he can get the money uh, because there's a black market for these eyes and he's going to track down these eyes. And, and I'm guessing that he's either going to track down the black marketers and kill them and take the eyes back. Or if he has to, he's going to have the money to to buy them back. Well, I, what he I, says is he wants to get hired by someone so he can get close to the source. So it's not even about him making money. It's about him gaining access to the people who would have them. Yeah, and I, I feel like the the end goal is something, again, like, because I didn't really take it as him physically getting all the eyeballs back, which I guess they could go that direction. That would, that would be totally viable. But um, I felt it was more like destroying the black market for them, like ma- making it so that, like, there are none available and the market to even get them is no longer a thing. Like, uh, you know, his entire clan's dead except for him. Right. If, if he, 
if he destroys the black market or if, if a black market exists and he actually like gets all of them back, doesn't he put a price on his own head because he literally has the last two um, Korta eyes? I think one thing that we're missing is that the reason they were taking is completely trivial. Like, oh, I, well, I th- yeah, sure. You know, I think I I think they're taken because they're pretty. That's it. Right. It's a beautiful color. Somebody yeah, wears just, them as jewelry. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like diamonds. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they just, don't really have any worth. So yeah, they have no worth. They're just they're just pretty. You know, they have no use. And so it's like that much more horrible what happened to his people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> there's like there's no let's uh who else can we talk about because that's the <laughs> let's talk about nicholas no 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 let's not talk about oh poor nicholas let's not okay fine let's talk about nicholas, nicholas sucks nicholas. I, I i love that scene because he's oh he's awful and i love watching him fail <sighs> but uh, i i actually felt really bad for him um he planned he prepared he he thought he was going to do well, and then he realizes, um, uh, what is it, about the 40, it's like the 40 kilometer mark. Uh, yeah. He realizes that he's probably going to fail, and he starts slowing down, and um, I actually like like the whole I'm about to fail, because uh, it happens twice, once to Nicholas and once to Leorio. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we see two completely different outcomes. But, you know, the whole, I, I start trudging, uh, my vision goes out of focus, it starts to shake back and forth, I drop the thing I'm carrying. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's a, yeah, there's a parallel there. That's their parallel oh, yeah, absolutely. scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the three brothers come by, and they push him over the edge, and he doesn't just fail. He flames out and has a freaking mental breakdown right then and there on the spot. And then Tonpa pays off the brothers. It's like, really, dude? Like, I knew you were garbage, and I knew that your whole goal was to um, abuse the rookies. Um, but you're even a failure at that. You had to have somebody else do it for you. Just give well, up. No, no, because, I, I mean, he doesn't care how it happens. He just wants to be the instrument that crushes them. You know, he, he doesn't have to do it directly. I mean, I he even has a line there that's like that's like where 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 one of the brothers is like, "Man, you really love crushing rookies, Tompa," and he, and, and Tompa's like, "It's the only reason I get up in the morning." It, and I, I I had I had a discussion with my partner this weekend, um, where like I'm I'm a minute away from becoming vegan, uh, and and the reasoning being that there's a there's a certain part of me that says like, if I can't stomach what it takes to put food on my table, then maybe I need to put the food on my table that I can stomach putting there. You know, it's like, dude, if you don't have the ability to actually crush the rookies and you have to pay somebody else to do your dirty work for you, because you're just not, he clearly was not up to the task of crushing Nicholas bail out, you know, don't be a rookie crusher anymore. Cause if you've got to pay someone else to do it, either you don't have the stomach for it or you're not as good at it, at it as you think you are. Go find something else to do. I, I am in violent disagreement with you here. <laughs> I, I, I really think, I really think when, when he talks about it, he is addicted to that feeling of watching. Like, like he doesn't, he doesn't have to do it because he just wants to watch it happen. 
Like that's yeah, what but, he gets off on. But then you're not the rookie crusher. You just like watching rookies get crushed. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Um, Cause he is the one that pays them to pick on him. Yeah. He's still the mastermind. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he may not have pulled the trigger, but he uh, ordered the killing. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's despicable anyways. He's still a, a piece of crap, but um, but I don't think he's bad at what he does. I, I just um, I don't know. Like it, it actually I, I think he's a piece of garbage, he's an absolute piece of garbage. I think we agree on that. I just don't think he's the rookie crusher if he's paying off other people to crush the rookie so that he can watch it. Yeah, but if he if he was physically and mentally able to just defeat them um, at every step of the turn, then he wouldn't be the rookie crusher. He'd be the guy that passed the damn exam yeah. 33 tries ago. And that's why he's frustrated right now is because yeah. so many of the rookies aren't easy targets. Yeah, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone calls him the rookie crusher. I mean, he calls himself that, and it's a nickname he has— but I don't think it's. I don't think when other people say it, they're saying it in reverence. Yeah, oh, Nicholas no, no, no. calls him the rookie crusher too. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's part of it is that is that he's not super strong. He's just clever, and and since Nicholas could see through sort of that first face of his, he needed another. He needed to take another a different tack. I think it's also interesting that they don't make their their goal is not to make nick nicholas drop out right he's already going to drop out what they want to make sure is he never comes back yeah so that they're crushed yeah so that they're crushed yeah he, he's not the rookie dropper outer <laughs> no he just likes to see people suffer i don't understand why he's still allowed to go like that's my thing is like everybody knows that that that, that is what he's doing um, and I guess then it's like a little test within the test for the other hunters. Yeah. Well, even I mean, even the magician almost killed, um, right? He almost killed a uh, an examiner the last round, and he's being allowed to try again. Um, so, you know, clearly there are much different rules. I mean, I think that, that if I almost killed my driver's ed teacher, um, I would probably have never gotten a license. Like I, there, there would be an injunction against me even applying for a license if if I'd been so so bad at my driver exam that uh, that I almost killed my instructor or my my examiner. I think they really are playing by different rules. Oh, in this for world. sure. But there's also a, a running a running theme in the last episode in this one. Um, we meet all these characters and they're dangerous and they're weird and they have freakish abilities and quirks and stuff. But the major danger all throughout episode three and episode four is not really um, the test itself or like the physical endurance thing. Deception is, well, it, deception is the enemy, you know? And that's why it it's so weird to have gone there because he's so naive and so trusting of everyone. That comment breaks my heart. Um, Killua kind of opens up to Gon. Gon opens up to Killua. They make this instant bond. Um, you know they're they're going to they're going to try out each other's toys. Uh, later on, uh, they they're betting for dinner. Uh, there actually seems to be like a connection. Oh, and they're both twelve. Um, which becomes a lot more disturbing uh, a little later in this episode to me. And it's not just the Leorio thing. Um. Like I actually thought there was a connection there, and that that they're that they're both just like you know, twelve year old kids that 
that are in this situation for whatever reason. We know why Gon's there. Uh, still don't know why Kalua's there, but it's like he heard it was hard and thought it would be fun. Yeah, but that's and that's the thing is that that's why my heart breaks. I mean, here's a kid who's saying that the reason he's there is because uh, he he wanted the challenge and he thinks he's gonna it's gonna be fun. He doesn't even really want to be a hunter, uh, and he befriends Gon. And I'm so afraid that Gon's gonna get rolled um, a million different ways uh, just because uh, Gon's so innocent. Uh, and now you just went through this whole thing about like everybody there is is like everything is subterfuge and everything is a trick and it's like man so what what's what's Kilua's trick and and how is he gonna how is he gonna screw going over? Yeah, I mean he does he does not seem super trustworthy. No, I mean listen like, if considering that last episode he was just messing with Tampa. Yeah, I mean if you live in a world where you um where you decide that you need to become uh, immune to poisons. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we we find that out in last episode and it pays off for him. I mean, if you live in that kind of a world, there is clearly something else going on. Um, He's not, um, he's not a completely savory character, but at the same time, there's like an innocence to, and especially, you know, the, the, the pettiness of the bet, you know, if I get there first, if you get there first and, you know, we're going to buy each other di- dinner. It's like, okay, all this other stuff going on around you and you're worried about who's going to buy dinner, about who's going to be faster. Uh, and then yeah, the you're innocence... trying to find ways to make this fun. Yeah. And then, you know, they're going to, they're going to try out, you know, uh, um, oh, so we were talking about how Leorio almost fell out and he drops his briefcase and then he finally, yeah, let's go back to that. So he does the same exact thing that Nicholas does. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of like you know about to fall out and and uh, starts wavering back and forth, he drops his briefcase and then he catches his second win. And the second win is like freaking afterburn. Um, yeah, and like there was a a moment there when I thought that Gon was going to go back and um, and get him to come with him. Um, like there was that moment where he stops and looks back and. And then it turns out he doesn't need to do that. And he casts his fishing pole, you know, he casts his, his line and he, he picks up the the briefcase. And that's like the coolest thing in the world. And Kilua wants to try that. But Kilua a second ago was like, just leave him. He's done. And Gon doesn't reach out to him. You know, he doesn't call. He doesn't. He's not like you can do it. He's just waiting to see what Leorio does. Yeah. And I wonder if he would have called out to him. I don't you think know, so. Like, I think if Leorio had sat down, he would have just kept running. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Is like that that was a weird moment for me. Not super weird, but I, I remember on the second watch through going, oh, Gon doesn't say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I really you know, don't. I, I think that's part of him is he's, uh, what, what, what did we call it last episode? Uh, a savant. Oh, the feral savant? savant. Yeah, yeah, feral savant. You know, he's still a feral child. You know, he's yeah. still, you know, like if you can make it, great. But if you can't, you can't. And hey, at least you're not dead. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing. I think if Leorio had been in mortal danger, he might have acted rather than just observed. I think also something... uh about that sequence is it, it's right after or, or shortly after uh, Nicholas um, uh, uh, leaves the, the race. Uh, and we don't know what would have happened had Tampa mm-hmm. paid the triplets to pick on Leorio. 
You know, I think that's interesting. And that's, yeah, because, I mean, it it literally was a make-or-break moment for Leorio, and he went over the other edge. Um, Yeah. Because clearly he, so... So right after right after this, um, you know, he gets to the point where he's <clears throat> he's taken off his uh, shirt, he's taken off his jacket. Uh, he doesn't have his briefcase anymore. His jacket's tied around his waist. Uh, he's he's wearing his tie, running. Um, he goes from super uptight, uh, you know, I want to be famous, proper, blah blah blah, whatever, right. Uh, to I don't care what I look like as long as I finish this, uh, and he's he's running you know naked from the waist up wearing a tie. Um, after this, by the moment. way, he so, is cut. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's ridiculous under there. And and then um, the you know he has that scene about you know looking like a fool and not caring um, as long as he makes it, and then Karupika um, agrees and takes off his jerkin. Uh, you know, and, um, like it was really funny that that was, that was the answer to Leorio running topless is, you know, I'm going to take off my jerkin, which he's literally like really done nothing in terms of comfort or even ease of motion or anything. Cause he's still wearing everything else that was under the, the blue and red jerkin. He's wearing pajamas, man. He's wearing like, like, a, like a practice suit. Yeah, like okay. that looks real comfortable. He rolled out of bed in that. <laughs> um, Kilua kind of replaces Karupika with the trio because he's the one that had interactions with both uh, Gon and um, and Leorio, and it was the same contentious interaction with Leorio because Leorio is all pissed off because, hey, why the hell are you using your skateboard? Yeah, you know you're cheating. It's like, no, no, I'm I'm really not. Um, it's just a tool I happen to have. Uh, but it freaks Leorio the heck out that that this kid is, you know, not running. He's just skating. And what kind of a tunnel are they in that he's able to skate that fast? What kind of tunnel goes on for 80 kilometers without without any exit? You know, it's just like it's just like this huge underground tunnel. Like what? it makes no sense that that, that tunnel is ridiculous. And I kind of love it. Well, and, and not to mention the fact uh, that if I did my math right, uh, if I remember uh, what what number was on the elevator at the end of the of the drop down, they went down a hundred stories, which means that that was a hundred flights of stairs that they were climbing at least. If they were coming back out to ground level, uh, and assuming that the ground level they came out at was, uh, they did not come out at ground level. They came out on top of a hill. Oh, so they went more than a hundred. Yeah, uh, more than a hundred stories back up, and well, I don't um, know. The city could have been on a hill. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could have been I mean, on that, a hill. But that's all speculation. Well, they went down but, really deep, but they the tunnel. For all we know, the tunnel was above ground for you know forty or fifty of those kilometers. We have flat, no idea. Man. Like there is no evidence that the tunnel is is on a is on an angle. on any kind of an incline. Yeah. yeah, not until you get to the uh, not until you get to, to the, the stairs. stairs. Yeah, I, I really, I felt bad for Nicholas because, um, and I think this would be like, you know, like I would feel bad for anybody who prepared so much for a test. They, you know, they, it, it'd be like watching even the 
the really annoying kid that you didn't like that much, like bomb on the SAT, right? They went to all the test, uh, the prep courses, they read all the books, they they studied really, really hard, and then they got a four hundred on their SATs. That was that See, was Nicholas's burnout. Maybe maybe I'm just a terrible person, but I I love seeing overprepared people fail. Oh man. <laughs> I don't See, like seeing overprepared people fail. I I like seeing overconfident people. Yeah, I guess fail. I guess that's more um, what I'm saying it, is that he doesn't he, he he continuously talks about how good his calculations are and how perfect his calculations are and he's so sure that it's going to work out exactly the way um he wants it to and then it doesn't and he can't deal with it. And it's the exact thing that uh, Kiropika says. Um, there's a point where they're running, uh, and Leorio, again, because he and Nicholas are the analogs for how to deal with, you know, obstacles or failure in this episode. Um, you know, early on, Leorio's like, we just have to keep running with this guy. It's no big deal. Um and Karapika, I think in his head, not even out loud, says like it's not just the running and keeping up, it's the pressure of not knowing where the ending is, of not knowing how much longer you're going to have to run. And Nicholas is constantly like, my calculations say we're going to run for this much longer, so we're almost done, so I'm feeling super confident. Um, and he's not, he he folds at the first Hint of trouble. Deviation. Yeah, at the first point that he's not prepared for. Again, like, uh, Tampa's a jerk, and by comparison, everyone else in here, aside from the uh, murderous magician, um, everyone else in here is kind of uh, a good guy. <laughs> um, so it's easy to be like, well, you know, Nicholas was overconfident, and he's, you know, kind of a a punk nerd, and it's easy to feel sorry for him, but... I guess my thing is like I don't think any of these people are good people. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say uh cuz we we went past it but Leorio's reveal um it was the fact that he's a teenager was the big surprise for me. Because his design yeah. His character design reads as is older than them, and not just like they're twelve and he's eighteen, but like I felt like he was at least in his late twenties, maybe even early thirties, with the way uh, he's voiced and depicted. Um, and just hearing him say, "I'm a teenager like you guys," instantly made him more, yeah, yeah. Uh, likable yeah. to me. You can do. You can do more as a, a, a you can be worse as a teenager without it being off-putting. Well, cuz it's it it's childish ambition, it's not smarmy trash. Um which yeah, I mean up until he says I'm a teenager, like I I did have that holy crap moment. He re he's just a kid. Um you know, he's not a med student or, you know, a a dude that's like deep into his residency and already a doctor. You know, he he's He's at the beginning of his journey just like the rest of them. Um like I thought that he was maybe an old rookie, but like this, you know, this this puts him it makes a lot of his ambitions more immature uh and acceptably so whereas before his ambitions were immature and they just didn't make sense because I I thought he was he was an adult. 
so they 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 come out uh and and they're not uh like the fog starts to break and you see this this thing and um you know it's the misty misty wetlands also known as swindler's swamp i actually really like that sequence where the where, where the fog lifts but it looks like Karapika and leorio were last I don't think they were last, but they were close to last. It it I almost feel like there's a shot where like they're the last ones we see actually physically coming through. Huh? Maybe. Um that seems interesting to me. Yeah, that they're that they're at the back of the pack. Yeah. Um and that also means they get the least rest. Right. But the what I liked about that scene actually uh was that they came out together. Um it shows that the two of them actually, I think it shows that the two of them actually bonded pretty well uh, over those reveals. I mean, I don't think you can reveal that stuff about yourself without bonding. Either either you reject each other or you, or you accept each other at that point. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that they went from being in violent agreement to like being in understanding. Maybe they have their own dynamic going on there. Uh, and they kind of have gotten to agreement of some sort. Um, I, I thought it was really cute with Kilua and Gon right here, where they're arguing over who came out first and who came out second and who won the race. And um, uh, Sukkot says, well, you guys came out at the same time. And, um, you know, and Gon's like, well, then I guess I'm just going to have to buy your dinner and you can buy my dinner. Like, and Kilua's you know- like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> It was just so cute. And again, I'm so afraid for this kid because... Yeah, no, Gon definitely doesn't have a great sense of other people. Like, he's kind of a space case. You know, we've said a bunch of times he's trusting. But there's also a weird dissonance in that. You know, he's very much in the present. You get the feeling that he doesn't exist in the past or the future very much. Yeah, he's not obsessive. He doesn't linger on things. Uh, Except for his dad. Oh my God, does he linger on his dad? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's his. <laughs> that that seems to be the only thing on his mind at any t- at any one time. Yeah. So the question that I came up with here was, um, you know, the whole man face tape thing. I mean, the man face tape looks exactly like um, Satote's, like. And we never see anything except for this like unnatural movement that he makes uh, with the very stiff arms and the very stiff legs and the really straight posture. We don't ever actually get a feeling for what the body looks like because uh, it's covered by that um, by that suit. Um, and he never opens his mouth. So, like, is Satots a, a man-faced ape? No, we find. I mean, it's pretty definitive that he's not. I still don't know that he's a regular human man. No, though. not necessarily. But um, oh no, he's definitely not regular human. After um, yeah, not not after catching those yeah, cards. I, I I think it gives you a sense of how of the difference between strength between Satotes and like a normal human, or even or even a pretty high end human like 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 the hunter examinees. Right. Uh, that idea that. A, a full-fledged hunter could deflect a killing blow with very little effort. No, he, he doesn't even deflect a killing blow. He intercepts three yeah. of them, right? Because he he catches the playing cards, which go into... The other man-faced ape. 
Oh, so they were both okay. Yeah, so they were both man faced eight. Okay, so he, I mean, he takes three to the chest and um, pretty deep. So totes just kind of, you know, two in one hand, one in the other, like nothing. Yeah, I really like that little flip that he does to to throw the cards out and they and, and they fall to the ground. And it's like, oh, those are just playing cards. Yeah, but also he doesn't like offer them back to the magician or. Uh, or throw them back at him even lightly, you know, like he just, he literally just like, I'm throwing your shit on the ground, but like, (laughs) it's a, it's a real nice, uh, nice moment. Well, and, and then, and this is where we find out that hunters actually do have rules of sorts because he's like, um, I get why you attacked me. Um, but if you ever do that again, it's not going to end well for you. Yeah, the only thing that seems viable at this point is action against the examiners. Yeah, does does Satat say he'll kill him if he does it again? No, he says he'll be disqualified. Jeez, what a that's a light punishment. Well, I mean, that's what happened to him the year before. Yeah, I know. Again, that's a light punishment. Like Yeah, yeah. so your your punishment is that you fail. Um but Come on back next yeah. year. And right. Try like, not to kill anybody. Right. So, is it against the rules for an examiner to kill an examinee? I mean, it clearly isn't against the rules for an examinee to maim another examinee. So, I, I don't see why an examiner couldn't kill. Right. An so, that's why I'm saying, like, is the reason that the magician wasn't killed by the examiner that he attacked was because he actually bested the examiner? And the examiner was lucky enough to escape with his life. You know, like it's a, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. Because they just say that he almost killed an examiner. They don't say how. They don't say if it was like something that he directly did. Um, With Hisoka, it, it seemed, it, he seems a hands-on kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he like didn't grab a hold of the, the, <laughs> the zip line at the adventure park correctly and an examiner broke his leg, you know, like it, it he probably like tried to kill him with magic cards or yeah. turning his appendages to flowers or. So, so the question is for Hisoka, if he can make somebody's arms disappear and, and turn into flowers, I mean, couldn't he just, I don't know, conjure up a bunch of flowers and carry them both to safety. Um, I am, you know, it, I am 90% sure that in the manga, he just cuts the guy's arms off. And right. that the that the flower is just like the blood spray. Yeah, and and that's what I thought originally happened. Um, I I think we can read it as that yeah. that that they just aren't allowed to show that amount of gore on okay. a, a on a, a on on a TV show. Yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know for some reason I assumed that because it was an anime, if they wanted to show that much blood, they would just go ahead and show it. But you're right, if it was intended for younger audiences from the get-go yeah yeah i i don't know for some reason that didn't even cross my mind ramey so yeah um i guess if he did just cut his arms off i i don't know the the magician really scares me he's really creepy i know that he plays a major part um just because he gets and he gets clips in the credits in both credits yeah um so clearly he's here to stay but he makes me like I don't know. He has like zero impulse control. He's really, really dangerous, and he clearly has no problem with killing anything for any reason. And he has theme music. And they do a 
they do a great job of uh of hiding him in this episode like he's he's a big prominent introduction in in episode three but in episode four you almost forget that he's there yeah until he um yeah because you spend so much time focusing on the running and leorio and nicholas and and gone meeting bart simpson and uh you're gonna have to remember that character's name man you just can't call him bart simpson forever Kilua. i mean i suppose you can i know it's, i know it's Kilua, you guys but but you know they do a good job of they do a good job of like making him disappear and so the the action at the end is super dramatic yeah he sort of like, comes oh, out of nowhere were, yeah, you were focused on the run, and then and then they're talking about how dangerous the swamp is going to be, and it's like, ooh, that's going to be really rough. And then there he is, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's the real danger. And that's the thing is, okay, if, if this guy is so aware of his surroundings, so not afraid of, you know, wet work, uh, et cetera, et cetera, wh- I mean, other than almost killing an examiner, why does he fail? And clearly... I think that's the only reason. So he did it on purpose. It wasn't like, whoops, almost killed the examiner because I no, tried to do something no, else. He I mean, definitely. He really oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I still feel sorry for Nicholas, even at this point. You know, he's stuck in that tunnel. I don't think that he calculated the, the amount of time it would take to get back to that tunnel. He's very much ill-prepared. Um, like, I'm hoping that the people that were dropping out, like, you know, you know how, like, in marathons, there's collectors. Uh, uh-huh. There's, you know, vans that come up behind and pick stragglers up like if you're too far behind the pace uh they'll pick nope. you up and he's gotta take crawl to his way back 60 kilometers to the to the no. elevator no 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 see uh the first 70 episodes of this series is the first time gone takes the test but he's gonna fail and then around episode 77 he's going into the second time and they're back in the tunnel again. He's like, wait a minute, wasn't this the last tunnel? And then right towards the end, before they get to the stairs, there's this chubby little skeleton <laughs> clutching a laptop. <laughs> oh, it's awful. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Say the X. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Say the X Pod. Send questions and comments to SayTheXPod at gmail.com. Say the X theme music by Jake Cook. Please watch along with us on the streaming service of your choice, including Netflix, Hulu, and Crunchyroll. Come back next week for episode five. Hisoka is so sneaky.